Healthy Girl Kitchen. I am obsessed with Healthy Girl Kitchen. She's a vegan food blogger and health coach. I want to be her best friend. Invigorating conversations with leading experts. Danielle spends her days helping others improve their health. This is the Healthy Girl Podcast with your host, Danielle Keith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Girl Podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode because I had such an amazing conversation with an incredible guest that I'm going to talk about in a second. But basically, in today's episode, we're talking about all things weight loss, how to eat in a balanced way, how to get enough protein as a vegan, how to eat balanced macros, and how to enjoy living your best life while also trying to reach your weight loss goals. Today's guest is Lauren Smith, otherwise known as the Sorority Nutritionist. Lauren Smith is a registered dietitian and the founder of the Sorority Nutritionist. After gaining nearly 20 pounds her freshman year of college and feeling so lost when it came to nutrition, Lauren was left feeling insecure in her body and lacked confidence in herself. Determined to lose the weight, Lauren did what any sorority sister would do, turn to celebrities, social media, and what her friends were doing to lose weight. After navigating diets that caused major anxiety around food and never gave real results, Lauren founded the Sorority Nutritionist to share all that she's learned throughout her weight loss and dieting journey. She turned her biggest insecurity into her passion and has helped hundreds of women lose weight and gain confidence with her balanced and fun weight loss method. Before we get into the episode, I want to give you the health tip of the day and the cooking tip of the day, as always. So for the health tip, I want to talk about certain fruits and vegetables that we should be eating more of. I know everyone always says to eat the rainbow, right? You've probably heard that before. But I want you to focus this week, I want you to challenge yourself on eating more dark purple and red vegetables. The darker purple a fruit or veggie is, the higher the antioxidants content that fruit or vegetable has. If you don't know, antioxidants help to prevent and fight diseases and protect against cancer. Some examples of high antioxidant fruits and veggies are blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, red grapes, plums, eggplant, red apples. Basically, when you go to the store, just try to pick out any of the darker purple and red vegetables and you know that the antioxidant content is going to be super high. So just know that that color is indicative of the high antioxidant content. So that's my little health challenge for you this week. And then my cooking tip of the day has to do with potatoes and mustard. So instead of putting butter or milk or sour cream into your potato or whenever, if you're making mashed potatoes, a baked potato, try putting mustard on your baked potato instead. Or if you're making homemade fries, try dipping them in mustard. My dad actually taught me this really yummy trick, but basically mustard is a great low calorie, healthy alternative to something like butter or sour cream. And it tastes so good on a potato. I know it sounds a little bit strange, but don't knock it till you try it. I promise you this is like the best thing ever. And anyone who I've told this trick to, whether it be like a health coaching client or my friends, they're a little bit skeptical at first, but then they let me know that they're obsessed with it and that they're now putting mustard on their potato. So if you try this, let me know. Shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. Let me know if you try this. I'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am literally so excited for this. I'm so excited to be talking to you finally because I follow you on Instagram. I always see your story. So it kind of feels like I know you, like I recognize your face. So it just feels like I'm talking to a friend. And obviously, we're both in the business of wellness and nutrition. So we have so much in common, so much to talk about. And you also live in Florida, right? Yes. So right now I live in the St. Pete, Tampa area, but literally three weeks from today, I am moving to Boston. Um, But I've been a Florida girl for a little bit of time now. You're moving to Boston. I didn't know that. What what's going on in Boston? Yeah. So my fiance is a physician. Um, He's a resident right now. So we actually, when I moved from Jacksonville to St. Pete, we are, we knew we were going to be here for a year. So um, we, we kind of have been in St. Pete for about a year now. And then the rest of his residency is in Boston actually. So it's been a move we have anticipated coming for some time, but it's kind of sad leaving Florida. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I do like the warm weather. 
Oh my God. I am such a Florida girl. So I was born and raised in Boston, but I love Florida, everything about it, warm weather, good food down here. Just, I love the whole vibe. I'm going to miss it so much. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I had to leave because I came from Michigan. I came from shoveling driveways and cold weather and horrible winters. And I just, I can't imagine going back to the cold. So I give you credit. Obviously you don't have a choice, but yeah, Florida is great. I gave a little bit of a brief summary of your story in the intro, but I want you to kind of go back, rewind. I want to go into depth of your story because I think it's a really important aspect of how you got to where you are now. So you're a freshman in college, you gain 20 pounds, and then you kind of find yourself looking to unhealthy methods of weight loss. Can you start from there? Yeah. So and being a Florida girl, right? I'm I'm not real Florida girl, but I went to Florida State for uh, my undergrad. And while I was there, my first semester at FSU, I gained about 20 pounds. And unfortunately, during that time, like I just was really lacking self confidence, I didn't really, I, I, I was in a completely new environment, no mom and dad, new friendships, knew nobody on campus and rushed to sorority. And it was just like a very overwhelming year. And by the end of the year, when it all came, I mean, my weight was at the highest it has ever been. And I played soccer my entire life. And um, I was kind of just at the point where I was also surrounded by all these beautiful women being in Greek life at FSU and was like, I want to feel amazing in my body finally. So unfortunately, it led me down a lot of different paths with dieting and whatever my friends were doing, what I found on the internet. And um, I actually became a vegetarian for a portion of time, which is amazing. But then I took it like next level. And I was just avoiding what I call fun foods now and just obsessed with clean eating is honestly what it was. And yes, I lost weight. But it was the extent of my men- at my mental health and also physically, like I was losing muscle mass and I was so thin and eating like so such a little amount of food, basically starving myself and over exercising, which is so common for so many women nowadays, to be quite honest. And really with what I do on social media and being a registered dietitian, I know there's women exactly like me struggling with the same exact stuff that I did in college when I had gained weight. And I my, my mission and goal is to you know say, if you do want to lose weight, this is a safe place to do it. You can do this in a fun and flexible way, but it also should be healthy, right? And you shouldn't like ruin your health and your mental health and your social life just because you want to lose weight because that's so unsustainable and you're never going to get the results you really want. Yeah, totally. So what was the next step? You're, you're dieting in an unhealthy way. How did you bridge that gap from being unhealthy to then thriving? I'm not going to lie. It was a long time because I was doing it on my own, which is part of the reason why in my business and what I do on social media, like it took seven to eight years for me to really navigate this where girlfriend, I do not want it to take you this long because it was years of my life wasted on figuring this out on my own and navigating and kind of uh, doing a DIY approach to this whole thing. So for me, my freshman year of college, I was actually a business major. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And honestly, when I switched my degree to nutrition, I didn't even realize a registered dietitian was a thing. And it was, you know, uh, you could have a career out of it. So it was just me interested in nutrition that I wanted to pursue studying it more. And the more I learned about food and nutrition, it eventually became my senior year. And I was like, why am I, you know, cutting out all these foods that are good for you and healthy. And I also realized, you know, all foods have calories, you know, I can have a slice of pizza and not feel like a total asshole. Like, you're able to do that after a night out and it not be an everyday thing. And I think there's this balance between flexibility and discipline you really have to have. And um, I think it's just not really promoted in the weight loss and dieting sphere online. Um, It's all very all or nothing. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so easy to get caught up in that whole being perfect, especially I'm someone who's a perfectionist in most areas of my life. Yeah. I mean, you're raising your hand. You are too. Like I'm organized. I'm a perfectionist. I like to be 100% at what I do. So it, it is really tough when you get in that mindset that there are certain foods that are bad and that are off limits forever. So I think the fact that you place an emphasis on balance is really important. And we'll get more into that later. So you become a dietitian. And 
what happens? So actually, so I did my undergrad at FSU and that was in nutrition. And then um, what you have to do to become a dietitian is do an internship. So what I actually did is I did a master's program combined with an internship. So I actually also pursued my master's in nutrition. And that was actually a re really pivotal piece of this whole story because I was actually exposed to a lot of research and education on eating disorders in my master's, which was something that I personally never have identified and said, like, I had an eating disorder, but it was really, really impactful seeing so much of the stuff the the patients that I was exposed to were struggling with. And it made me really look at myself and be like, I am studying to be a dietitian. I am literally months away from having my degree. And I'm struggling and or I have struggled with the same stuff that these women are struggling with. And it actually was almost it almost served as therapy for me because it really made me realize like, you know, like how negative my mindset was with food, especially back in college. And it honestly made me really embarrassed, right? As someone who's supposed to be the expert in nutrition to know that I'm, I struggled with the same stuff and was like slowly pulling myself out of it. But I was struggling with the same stuff all of these women were struggling with. And it made me feel like I, I don't deserve to work with weight loss and I don't deserve to share this story with the public because you're, you're an expert. Why would you struggle with it? But actually, it really sparked my desire to then, you know, a few years later, begin the sorority nutritionist because I had realized I am just like every other person and all of us are very similar than like we're more similar than we are, um, than we think we are not similar. So it really helped me actually align and connect even better with my audience and my clients and really help them because I actually know what it feels like to struggle with this stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that makes you 100% more relatable that you have gone through a lot of the struggles that I'm sure the majority, unfortunately, the majority of your audience has gone through. It's so sad that so many girls have gone through this phase of whatever it is, trying to starve themselves. Maybe it's bulimia, whatever kind of disordered eating, binge eating. It's so sad that we all have to go through that. And I think it makes you even stronger that you can say like, this was me and now I'm here and I'm teaching girls how to live a healthy lifestyle in a productive and healthy way. So I think it just makes you that much more relatable. Yeah. And especially, I really think there is no, like I said, there's no really balanced approach to weight loss. I really see on the internet, especially when I was struggling. But I also think if you have ever been like this yo-yo diet or anything, you're always told like, just practice intuitive eating, like don't care about your body weight. Like you don't have to care about how you look. But the reality is like, I, I do care about how I present myself and I always will. And that's something a lot of the women I work with, like just saying, don't care about how you look like that doesn't solve the problem. And I think if you want to have a realistic, sustainable body weight that you feel amazing in, that's part of your overall health. And if you want to have body aesthetic goals, I don't think that's something that you should feel selfish for, or you should feel bad about wanting to achieve. It's not conceited. It's you wanting to be the best version of you. And when you look your best and feel your best, you can show up your best in all aspects of your life. Definitely. And I think there's a difference between self-acceptance, but also accepting that it's okay to improve yourself. Yes. I think there's this narrative now that, you know, I'm all about body positivity, loving your body where you're at, but that doesn't mean that you can't work on self-improvement. Amen. I could literally not agree with that more. I mean, I have clients come to me all the time. Women reach out to be like, you know, my friend doesn't understand why I want to tone up and look a certain way or feel a certain way. And it's your body, girlfriend. Like you get to decide what you want to do. And me promoting weight loss or anyone promoting healthy eating and, and with the result of changing your body composition does not mean we're saying all people need to lose weight. You know, my page and what I do is for a specific type of person who does want to lose weight in a very healthy way. And if you don't want to lose weight, that's fine. Nutrition is still important, right? For your health. But if you're working towards a specific goal, you should never feel shamed for it, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you want to look in the mirror and feel good about yourself, there's no shame in that. And obviously, there are so many pros to weight loss, like reducing risk for heart disease, re reducing risk for diabetes, and you have all of these amazing things that come along with losing weight and being at a healthy weight, but I, wanting to look good. I mean, I want to look good. Everyone wants to feel good about themselves. And that might have a different definition for every person, what you deem is you looking good. But, but I think that's important that you shed light on increasing people's confidence by looking how they want to look. Yeah. 
And I really think too, with what you're saying, it also is making me think with your health and, and the benefits of weight loss as well. Cause we often talk about the negatives of weight loss. There's a lot of benefits too, but also weight, something that I really try to break down on my Instagram page and in my business with my clients is weight is not the only indicator of how you look and how you should feel about yourself. You could be a healthy body weight, but if you are, you know, a 30% body fat and you know, you don't feel and look toned and feel amazing. I mean, that that proves the scale is not the only indicator of of your awesomeness or amazingness or how you feel. For sure. And I'm sure you can agree doing things like lifting weights and working out, it's just as important as eating healthy because if you do want to get toned and you do want to increase your metabolism, I mean, you can speak more to this, but doing things like learning how to work out right and learning how to do resistance training or inter- interval training, it can really complement your weight loss journey. Amen. Some of my favorite stuff to talk about. I love it. Yeah. And we can get more into that later, but I want to talk about your practice and what you do because it really is amazing. Every day I see that you're signing up a ton of people and I think you are just super relatable overall, but let's say someone wants to come to you for weight loss. What's your ideal client? Who do you help? Yeah. So I love, and when I started my business, I mean, I work with all different types of women, different body shapes, different goals, um, obviously with an emphasis of weight loss and losing body fat. But I love working with women at the very, very, very beginning of their journey. Or sometimes I say you may have been on a long journey already, but this is like the beginning of the end of the journey because you're actually going to learn it the right way this time. But I love working with women who honestly really are struggling with their diet and nutrition and sometimes don't even understand like what they should even be eating, what's true and false when it comes to food choices. Um, You may not even know what foods or what, you know, types of macros, you know, you might not know banana is a carb, and that's completely okay. Because I really like to just lay the groundwork and foundation of, you know, what is actually important for weight loss and healthy eating. So um, really, the the most common way women work with me is in my small group coaching program. Um, And that experience is three months long. And what I really do is I try to unlearn all the dieting BS is what I call it. I try to really help you learn what's actually important for your goals. And um, I walk you through a method that I've developed um, over my years in practice. And it really emphasizes calorie tracking and more than that, even calorie awareness. So um, you're using tracking as a tool to understand, you know, how many calories you're eating, which is so important for weight loss, Um, the types of foods you're eating, you know, protein and fiber and veggies and all the really amazing things that you know are super healthy and important for your goals. But a big passion for me too is also teaching my clients how to include fun foods like alcohol and cake and candy and sweets and having it fit into your balanced lifestyle because losing the weight is one thing, keeping it off and not binging on these foods because you've restricted them for so long is a completely different thing. So I really like a holistic view to weight loss. And that's why with my clients, I love when they're so confused because I get to guide them in the right direction. I love that. So when it comes to macros, as you were saying, can you give us like the macro 101? Really, before we even talk about macros, um, we first have to know what calories are. So calories are energy. And basically, all food contains calories, right? Um, You're looking at nutrition facts labels, I'm sure if you go to a restaurant, you can sometimes see the calorie information. And that's really I mean, all foods are going to contain calories. Now, macros are basically macronutrients. Um, and macros is like the slang word, as I call it. Um, and macros are really the types of um, foods that make up those calories. So there's three macros in our diet. Um, they're carbs, proteins, and fats. And so all of our foods have a combination, sometimes more, sometimes less, of these macros in them. And each macro does a different thing for our body and has a different importance in it. I know right now carbs are like super villainized. Keto is the popular thing. Five years from now, you know, maybe protein is going to be villainized. Who knows? Um, but, you know, I really believe you need a combination of all of the macros. And um, depending on your exercise and your diet and your lifestyle, there's a different combination of, you know, what those portions of those foods should look like for you. Got it. And I mean, it's so simple when you break it down, but I think people do get confused because there's so much wellness noise out there. And as we were saying, I mean, things like keto, it just, I mean, I hate to be the Debbie Dad. I can't, if so, if one more person talks about keto, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind because you can include carbs in a healthy diet. I eat pasta like four times a week, but, you know, maybe I'll have tofu with it and vegetables and I'm balancing it out with other healthy foods. I'm not just eating a massive plate of pasta. So it is all about balance at the end of the day. 
I want you to talk about protein because I think it really is so, so important that it's included in every meal. And I think for my audience, being a a plant-based audience, there are two things that people hear. One, people don't think you can get enough protein on a vegan diet, and you totally can, obviously. But also, I don't know what it is, but people don't know how to eat enough protein also on a plant-based diet. There are so many sources, but they might not know what to do. Like for example, I'm in a lot of like vegan Facebook groups and people will post a picture of their meal and be like, I had a potato and broccoli for dinner. Was this healthy? And like, those are two very healthy things, but like add some tofu, add some tempeh. So can you speak to those two things? The first thing that comes to mind when you say like, is this healthy? The word healthy is so context dependent. Like what are your goals? I think is the better question that we should ask. Of course, sweet potatoes and broccoli are healthy, but that's where, I mean, my favorite quote, and I'm sure you've heard me say this on social media, healthy eating is not healthy eating for weight loss, right? So if you do have a body composition focused goal, And honestly, even health goal, I believe it is so vital to have protein every meal. There is so much abundance of research. um, And a lot of my master's degree was spent on, you know, protein and aging and, you know, really making sure you're getting enough, um, especially if you are trying to manage your weight in a healthy way. Now for that meal, you kind of explained like the sweet potato and broccoli situation. Um, I actually have a balanced plate method that I teach my clients. And it's not saying other foods can't be on the plate, but in general, um, what I really, for a weight loss and fat loss plate, um, I like about half the plate as vegetables, a fourth the plate as a starch or carbohydrate, and about a fourth the plate protein. And I think as a vegetarian or vegan, it is really important that we plan our meals actually around the protein. Oftentimes my healthy vegetarians and vegans, you're getting plenty of veggies. I'm not worried about you getting the veggies, Um, which I I mean, unless you are a vegan or vegetarian, that isn't the best at cooking. And maybe you are eating a lot of processed foods. But most of the time, those categories are so easy to hit. And when you are a vegan or vegetarian, you most likely gravitate towards that lifestyle also because you do enjoy those foods to begin with. So um, that's where I think really challenging yourself to think about when I am building a meal, how can I build it around the protein and make sure that it's there? Because if you're not getting enough, you can be um, like I was as a vegetarian eating really healthy, but constantly hungry and constantly wanting to snack because I was lacking so much protein in my diet and um, it just wasn't balancing my plate properly. So for that meal, like you with the tofu or tempeh, or, you know, even adding edamame and doing like an Asian style thing, or um, even I mean, I love like veggie burgers, honestly, I know they're a little bit more processed of a protein source as a vegetarian or vegan, but there's so many great ones on the market um, that use soy protein isolate and the beyond burger is really popular right now. And there's a lot of fun ways that you can switch it up um, and really make sure you're getting that variety in. Definitely. And for me, more recently, I have placed more of an emphasis on protein because I notice it keeps me fuller for so much longer. I was a vegan who was eating a lot of carbs. I mean, they were healthy carbs, but for, sure. you know, for example, I'd make a fruit smoothie. And while that's so amazing, so hydrating, I'd be hungry 30 minutes later. I'd be like, wait, what's going on? I just ate. Why should I be eating again? And I was having a normal amount of calories, but I was hungry for some reason. And then I started putting maybe like some hemp seeds in, maybe some protein powder, and I'd be fuller for three more hours. So can you speak a little bit on protein and satiety? Protein and satiety, and really for you guys, if you don't know what satiety means, it basically means just getting fuller and actually feeling satisfied. Now, veggies and carbs and fruits and all these amazing things are so fantastic for our bodies. But the truth is carbs, especially if you're making like a fruit smoothie, it's going to really spike your blood sugar up. And just like, I mean, it's not candy, don't get me wrong, but just like eating a whole box of candy would spike your blood sugar up. I mean, a smoothie with just fruit could really, you could pack in like 60, 70, 100 grams of carbohydrates and no protein if you don't balance it out properly. So really why protein really helps you keep you full longer is because it actually blunts the the blood sugar response you have to carbohydrates. So it actually keeps you full for longer, um, makes you feel more satisfied, 
And also is so important for body composition changes too, because if you're constantly really, really hungry and never getting full from meals, it's going to be really hard to hit your calorie goal. And I've had clients who go vegan or vegetarian and honestly, they gain weight because they're just chronically hungry. And it was because they weren't really pairing these proteins at meals. Um, so yeah, for, for feeling full protein is so important. And especially when you're trying to lose weight, you have to eat less than what your body burns. Actually having a higher protein diet, not only protects your muscle mass, so you're not going into your muscle mass, but it also um, really helps you boost your metabolism. It takes more energy to break down protein. So you get a little bit of benefit there. But actually, part of the reason why I recommend a higher protein diet for my clients trying to lose weight than, you know, at baseline, if you were trying to maintain your weight is because it does keep you fuller. And um, it really produces that satiety. So you can eat less calories and not feel super hungry along the way. I love that. And I also want to speak about healthy fats. Because Unfortunately, in the plant-based community, fats are sometimes demonized. And I really like to show the food I'm making that I, I add a ton of healthy fats to my food and you can lose weight while including fats. Like I love avocado toast. I make like homemade brownies, but with like almond butter instead of, you know, flour. And I love nuts and seeds. And I really do think it's important to talk about that you can include healthy fats on, you know, if you're trying to lose weight. So can you speak on that too? Yes, I love that you asked that. And actually, recently on my Instagram page, I had a post that said, fat is not the same as fattening. Because I think there's still this like belief from the 90s where, oh my God, fattening foods are fat and you have to avoid high fat stuff where fat is actually so vital, especially as a female. And I work with primarily women in my practice as the sorority nutritionist. Um, fat is so important for our hormone functioning, but also just like protein, it's so important for satiety and feeling full. And actually you can really hinder and affect your metabolism and weight loss if you're not getting enough fat. And um, that could actually lead to feeling super, super hungry at meals as well. So I know fat's not like a portion of my balance plate I described to you guys. Um, you know, half is veggies, a fourth is protein, a fourth is carb. And part of that reason is because fat is found in food sources. Some of my clients do eat foods like eggs and you know, eggs would have fat in it. But a lot of the plant based protein sources also do contain fat in them. Um, and from flax seeds and chia seeds and all these different foods, even like the nut butters for you guys, those all are healthy sources of fat. And that's where it's important to think about like the total calories where you're getting from a meal. So if you're having avocado toast and, you know, all the different pieces of that meal, you want to think about the total calories before you focus on like, oh my God, I'm eating fat. That's really bad for me because you want a balance of all of the macros that we discussed. And just because a meal is higher in fat and maybe lower in carbs or something doesn't make it bad for you. Like you don't have to hit your macros perfectly every meal. It matters daily and weekly and monthly what those look like for you and what those averages are. I like to focus on averages compared to daily perfection is how I put it. And it's also just practicing and learning because this can sound a little intimidating to know like, oh, how do I know if it's a fat? How do I know if it's a pro? But once you just practice it, it kind of becomes innate. Like I know if I'm making lunch, I'll be like, okay, like let me grab, you know, some brown rice for my healthy carb. Let me grab some black beans for some protein and let me put a little avocado on it for healthy fat. Like you just intuitively just kind of learn to do it on your own. But can you speak on the calorie counting part of it? Because that can be very intimidating to people. People can think that it might be like triggering for them if they did have an eating disorder. But I want you to talk about why it's so important for weight loss. There is no one size fits all. I would be a total liar for all of you guys listening to this if I just said, you know, everyone needs to fit into a box and count their calories. Um, I work with a very specific type of woman who doesn't understand her food choices and wants to lose weight. And if you want to lose weight, you don't understand what's in your food. You don't understand portion control. You don't understand a banana is a carb. We have to start somewhere. And that's why I love calorie tracking because I like to say it's not the method for weight loss. It is a tool that we use so you can understand your, your food choices and really have that awareness and accountability. So I can not only, I'll be able to see your food tracking, but you can also understand what's in your food. So I think, you know, when you're thinking about weight loss, to lose weight, like I've mentioned before, we have to eat less. The energy we take in has to be less than the energy our body burns. So the scale goes in the right direction and vice versa would lead to weight gain. So 
by tracking your calories and really reverse engineering your success, I mean, say you need 1600 calories to lose weight. And that is like your weight loss calorie range. I think of calories like money. And I know I share this a lot on social media, if you guys follow me, basically, and, and I, it's like that Kim Kardashian emoji with like the money and, and spewing it out. You know, you have to think of calories like money, and you can spend it however you choose, but create a game plan and reverse engineer your success. How many calories do you need at breakfast, lunch and dinner and for your snacks, try to hit those numbers with the foods that you enjoy and try to balance your plate in the ways that I described. And honestly, that's the simple way to lose weight. That is how you lose weight when you are trying to diet, quote unquote, and and change your body composition. But it comes with planning and really understanding your food choices. Definitely. And as I was saying before, like there's so much wellness noise, so many different diets, quote unquote, out there to choose from, so many different opinions, perspectives, Uh, so many different doctors and nutritionists like spewing their thoughts on how to lose weight. But at the end of the day, I think you could speak to this more than me, but it really is calories in, calories out. I mean, it's just science. That's just what it comes down to. And my point was, there's so many people who at least also come to me who they're eating healthy, but they're eating too much. And it could just be a surplus of like 500 calories that they're having they're like, oh, I'm eating, you know, even if they're pesky, they're like, oh, I'm eating fish and and nuts and seeds and berries and greens. And I don't understand why I literally can't lose weight, but it could just be an extra to even 200 calories. They're not seeing that loss because they're not in a consistent deficit. Absolutely. And to your earlier point too, really my method I know, obviously, I've branded it in a way. And it's something that's so I mean, there's different strategies that I help with my clients on a personal and coaching level. But really, what I what I've done with my business and how I approach weight loss is once again, just the science and any diet that you go on that produces weight loss, whether it's a vegan, vegetarian, you know, the the whole paleo thing, whole third, I mean, all of these mainstream diets, um, and also just like eating patterns, like even the Mediterranean diet, like that's more of an eating pattern than it is like a quote, unquote, diet. Um, whatever way you're eating, if it produces weight loss, it's because you're taking in less energy than what your body burns, period. Now, that is the first step to my method. And that's what I really promote for my clients and help, you know, customize to their food preferences. But I think also, you know, sometimes we are eating less than what we're burning, but we're not losing weight, or we believe we are. But also really, also, what's really important is the types of foods that we choose. Because if once again, you're not eating a lot of protein, and you know, you're never getting full, and maybe like you're eating more processed foods that are small and compact and more refined, and they're quicker used in your body. That can also impact this as well. So, you know, higher fiber foods and higher protein foods are all really important aspects to this. But the first step is absolutely this energy balance um, when it comes to weight loss. 100%. I'm with you. And I actually recently, probably like six months ago, I was supposed to get married in June, but our wedding was postponed. I know. So sad. I was in the process of like, toning up for the wedding, like looking my best. Obviously, I'm, you know, at a healthy weight, but I just wanted to make sure I was looking my best. So I started tracking my food. And this is something I had never done before. And it really opened my eyes that just a few extra hundred calories makes all the difference. Because even for me, like I work out, I eat healthy, but I just wanted to lose a few extra pounds and tone up. And I I personally started tracking my food and it, it really is eye-opening because I could I could be pouring accidentally like 200 calories worth of dressing on my salad. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So it's just like even making those little swaps, like squeezing on lemon juice on your salad instead of pouring like a fatty bottle dressing. Like you just don't realize the little things. And even something as simple as like, I'll now measure out my peanut butter that I put into my smoothie because it's so easy to take a, a big scoop and you could not realize that that was 400 calories of nut butter that you just dumped into your smoothie. And when you take that little tiny tablespoon, you're like, oh, like that's a tablespoon. It's mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah. And and then you really start to realize healthy foods have calories, right? I think we think it's just like these processed foods and eating at McDonald's and that's why you're fat and hate your body. But it's like, no, like, you know, all foods have calories in them. And that also helps you improve your mindset towards fun foods, too. And you can realize that they can fit in even when you're trying to tone up. Obviously, they're more processed and not the best things for you at times. But it really gives you that flexibility and also to eat what you enjoy while you're dieting, too. So you don't have to feel like you have to follow this cookie cutter meal plan. For sure. And I know I had some vegan ice cream last night. 
no shame. It was so good. <laughs> so, you know, I'm with you on, on the fun foods. You have to find that space for balance. Can you talk about a macro balanced meal for someone who's vegan? Like let's, let's do a breakfast and then maybe a savory meal. When it comes to breakfast, I'm thinking of what I actually had this morning. So I love high fiber cereal. I actually got it from Trader Joe's. But I think especially when you're thinking about weight loss as a vegan, um, really, I mean, the veggies and, and all that are really going to help with the fiber and going for whole grain products. But um, doing something like a high fiber cereal and getting in that fiber at breakfast, I think is really important along with protein. So for me this morning, I actually had that cereal with a little bit of blackberries on top and some soy milk, which is a um, great higher protein milk source compared to doing almond milk um, if you do tolerate soy milk there's also really cool brands like ripple they have a really great high protein milk that is completely vegan it's vegan vegetarian i think it's gluten-free i think it has like literally free of anything even soy um so that's an awesome one i think it's made from pea actually pea protein but yeah i think doing something like that could be really balanced there's also like i know vegan like turkey patties and vegan like breakfast things that sometimes my clients have avocado toast could be a really easy one for you guys but the struggle is really with how to just get in that protein for you so trying to be creative in the kitchen i mean you could do like a tempeh like stir fry they do like vegan stir fries as well like the, the fake egg scrambles a lot of my clients do those as well and add in veggies speaking of egg scramble there's this new brand called spiro s-p-e-r-o and it's an egg made out of pumpkin seed. And the only ingredients are pumpkin seed, turmeric, and salt. And it tastes so wow. good. Yeah, it, it's amazing. They have it at a little market by me. I think you can also order it online. But I know there are a lot of like very processed um, vegan eggs out there that have a lot of ingredients. But I'm so happy I found this one because yeah. it's just pumpkin seeds. Wow. And it's like very high in protein good healthy fats yeah look out for it because you can make omelets with it you can scramble it you can do like a frittata kind of thing so that's something really fun that's so cool yeah yeah um we i also have done the soy chorizo from um i'm a big trader joe's shopper Same. um i've done like that kind of stuff for breakfast and we've made like scrambles with it um with like veggies and i think for especially vegans and vegetarians trying to actually have veggies every meal is something that i promote for everyone but especially because being a, a vegan you know with a little bit more limited choices with some of the foods um i mean not limited but you know you just have to plan a little bit more in advance because you aren't incorporating the the animal-based products um loading up on veggies is such an amazing way to help you lose weight and manage your body weight and stay healthy so why not have them every meal definitely i know i'm always trying to sneak in like a handful of spinach into my smoothie maybe yeah. some kale smoothie yep love it and for me I, I always love a smoothie that's just my favorite way to start the day yeah. i'll do um a banana and protein powder uh, like a nice clean organic vegan protein powder and nut butter and almond milk and spinach. And it's just like the perfect combination of macros, as you were saying, yeah. it keeps me full for so long. It tastes like a chocolate milkshake. And again, like getting in those greens, because you don't even taste the spinach when you throw it into a smoothie. You don't. Yeah. As part of my small group program, we have a Facebook group where you're able to, you know, share whatever struggles you're going on or, you know, ask me questions. And one of the ladies in my group, um, she wanted to make a healthy acai bowl, but knows like usually they can be like calorie bombs. And, you know, sometimes they could be like 500 or 600 calories for this like little snack that you're having at some of the smoothie shops. But for her, what we did, and, and it could be so helpful for um, your listeners as well is you can actually add frozen cauliflower rice to your smoothie or acai bowl to bulk it up for lower calories and get in veggies is one of my favorite hacks. I love that. I actually just posted a recipe for a cinnamon bun cauliflower smoothie. And I was so skeptical because I kept hearing about these cauliflower smoothies and once you freeze it, there's something about it. You don't taste the cauliflower wow. and it gives it like a creaminess that you would never realize and you do not taste it at all. So that's yeah. a really good tip. And you yeah. get some fiber from the cauliflower too. Yeah, no, it is so I completely agree with you. When you freeze cauliflower, like I didn't know how I felt about it. I was like, is this gonna taste like crap? Like, I really didn't know. But it tastes so good. Like I am on team cauliflower everything. I'm so basic. Same cauliflower gnocchi, cauliflower pizza crust. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for everything. <laughs> it's so funny. And can we talk about fiber a little bit? Because we keep saying the word fiber, but I think it's true. Like 
one of the most important things that you can include. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of fiber. I mean, I'll talk about regularity all day long because I think it is so important that we talk about a healthy digestive system. And unfortunately, so many people, especially in America, are constipated. And like, this is a problem. I went to Walmart the other day to get a new plant. On my way to the greenhouse there, there was a big stand with like the Miralax laxatives. Of course. And they were all sold out. I'm like, oh my God, like everyone just needs to eat more fiber. Like, why is the Miralax sold out? Yeah, this is just, this is a major issue. It really is. And something I don't publicly share a lot of just because it is sort of like a higher level thing. I think there's a hierarchy when it comes to nutrition and weight loss. I think the first thing is calories and kind of getting that under control. The second thing that I focus on is that balance plate, you know, the carbs, proteins, and veggies and focusing on that. And then really the third slash second thing would be really focusing on protein because I think that's like the few like basic easy changes that I think are very important. But there's this another level of weight loss and and healthy eating, which is really the fiber and the types and quality of food that we're choosing. And for many of my clients, when they're not seeing the results on the scale, and you know, they are eating roughly healthy, but we kind of take a deeper look into their diet and the quality of it. It's really funny, we actually talked about this on a recent call, but some of the women were eating like 10 or five grams of fiber a day, and they were eating these processed carb sources, not a lot of veggies, maybe one or two cups. And I think one of the easiest changes, um, if you're not seeing results or you want to be healthier, is just eat more damn fiber or to put simply eat more unprocessed grains um, that are whole grains. And we can kind of talk about what those foods would be. And then also just trying to get more unprocessed natural fruits and vegetables on your plate. And it's one of the easiest things you can do. And yes, they provide maybe the same amount of calories as other more processed foods that you're eating. But what they do inside of your body, that shit can't be replicated. Like it is it has so many benefits from your digestion and how you feel your blood sugar management to prevent diabetes, but also your gut health, you know, the the bacteria you have in your gut impacts your weight, right? Not just the food directly impacting your weight because of calories, but you have an unhealthy gut that can lead to weight gain and obesity and a lot of these other problems as well. So we got to feed our gut well, for sure. I want to take a quick break to talk about gut health. If you didn't know, 70% of our immunity stems from our gut. So if your gut microbiome is unbalanced, you can experience symptoms like leaky gut, unwanted bloating, candida, anxiety, nausea, skin problems, irregular bowel movements, the list goes on. So it's important that your diet is made up of high fiber, nutrient dense plant foods, that you're drinking a ton of water, getting exercise, and also making sure you're eating a wide variety of plant foods. But I'm really excited because I've partnered with Silver Fern on Instagram and my blog, and now they're sponsoring the Healthy Girl podcast. And I've talked about Silver Fern a ton on my Instagram and everything, and I've already told you about their amazing probiotic, but today I want to talk to you about one of their other products that I'm really, really loving and have been using for a long time, which is the Silver Fern Vegan Protein Powder. I've been using it for a while now, and it's definitely in my regular rotation. Even when I try other protein powders, I always seem to come back to this one. I don't know if you've experienced this, but some protein powders are really tough to digest, and they cause a lot of unwanted bloating, where this is super easy to digest. And because they have digestive enzymes in it, it's just very, very easy on the gut. It also doesn't have that chalky taste like some protein powders do. It tastes so good, literally like a milkshake when you put it into a smoothie or make it into a shake. You need to order their protein and then make a smoothie with it. I'm going to give you a quick smoothie recipe that I like to make. So you're going to need the silver fern protein, almond milk, peanut butter, ice and spinach that's it blend it in your blender and it tastes like a milkshake like an icy ice creamy type of thing and this is so healthy you can eat it for breakfast and they have vanilla and chocolate protein both flavors are super good i like both of them and the protein is made of all natural vegan ingredients like pea protein quinoa hemp koi seed and sunflower protein so there's nothing weird there are no odd ingredients you guys know i'm a stickler for a clean ingredient label and not to mention it also has 40 percent of your daily iron so it's a win-win good news i have a discount code for you that will get you 20 percent off your silver fern purchases if you go to the silver fern website order the probiotic and use the code healthy girl at checkout that's h-e-a-l-t-h-y-g-i-r-l healthy girl at checkout all right let's get back into the episode 
Yes. And fiber is the way to do it. So if you don't know, fiber only comes from plant foods. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to everyone else. Fiber comes from plant foods. You can get it from things like lentils. They have a ton of fiber. I make these really yummy lentil wraps. Like they're just these little like whole wheat wraps from Trader Joe's, but I'll put lentils into it. And I think for like a cup of lentils, it's like 18 grams of fiber and it's fiber. It's protein. It keeps you full for so long. And when paired with something like an avocado with even more fiber and the healthy fats, like there's a meal that keeps me full for so long. But yeah, like increase your whole grains, as you were saying, more fruit, more nuts, more seeds, like make a chia pudding, put flaxseed in your smoothie. Yeah. I mean, leafy greens, like more kale, but any plant foods, even adding like one serving of vegetables to your meal, it'll make such a difference in your digestion. Yeah. And really going back to the calorie tracking thing, my clients use my fitness pal, it's just the easy one that um, I'm able to be friends with them on it too. So I can see their stuff. But I mean, track a few days of eating or just a, a few sample days of kind of how you've ate in the past. And you can actually see how much fiber you're having a day. Now, most Americans on average get about 10 to 15 grams of fiber. Typically, like if you look on the internet, most meals need about minimum 35 grams of fiber a day. More women, it's slightly lower to about 25 grams. Now, I'm not saying I want you to go from zero to 100 real quick. You will actually get constipated and feel like crap and have major GI issues. Also, as you are increasing your fiber intake, you want to increase your water because that helps flush it through. So definitely, gradually, we want to slowly add more fiber to your diet through natural food sources. But I would definitely see kind of where you're at now. And a good goal could be you know hitting about 25 to 35 grams a day. And you're also probably notice that you're feeling a lot more fuller you're eating more unprocessed foods and you know it will also benefit your weight as well and you just feel so much lighter when you are regular like when you can wake up and go to the bathroom you just feel so much better throughout the day when you like your stomach's feeling flatter you're not feeling that like bloated gross feeling where you like have to wear sweatpants that day because you're not regular so it just makes you feel like you have a pep in your step when you get your digestion on track Amen. I couldn't agree more. Yes. So moving on a little bit, I just want to ask you about water because you just brought it up. How much water should everyone be drinking in a day? So as a rule of thumb, whatever your body weight is right now, you want to divide that number by two. So for instance, if you're 140 pounds, half of that would be 70. So um, really half of whatever your weight is, you want to drink that in ounces of water per day. So that would be about 70 ounces of water, which if we did some really simple math, 70 divided by eight, that's about eight or so glasses of water, eight to nine glasses of water a day. Now that is the bare minimum. If you're like us and you live in Florida and it's hot AF and you're sweating a lot or you work out, you know, that does increase your water intake. That half your body weight is the bare minimum of just basic functioning. But there is benefit to having more water. And um, when I used to actually do like nutrition presentations for like smaller children and, and, and athletes and stuff, I would always say, look at the color of your urine. That has a really, really good description of actually how hydrated you are. And really, if you're thirsty, it actually means you're already a little bit dehydrated. So we really want to make sure, I mean, for me at my desk right now, I'm holding it up for us. I have water always by my side. I'm always trying to sip it and really prioritize it after workouts. Part of the, the food we eat does have water water, especially if you are a vegan or vegetarian, you're eating more plant-based to begin with, you're getting more water than someone who's more animal-based protein-esque. Um, and that's just because the fruits and veggies, especially watermelon, I mean, hello, it says watermelon, it has water in it. And cucumbers, all of those foods have a higher water content. So that will also help with your hydration. But I think um, having a, a basic goal daily of having like eight to 10 glasses of water is a really good place to be in. For sure. And I just think that you know, if you if you look up like, uh, what can you do to lose weight? Or what are some great health tips? Like every website's going to tell you to drink water. You know, it's something that's just over said, but it's true. Yeah, drinking water is so so important. And as you said, like it depends on so many factors. Like if you're somewhere hot, like you're going to be dehydrating more quickly. If you had caffeine, that's going to dehydrate you too, you're going to need a little bit more water. But but yeah, that's an awesome formula. So take your weight, divide it by two, and that should give you kind of your starting point of where you should where you should be at. 
And I even make my clients record their water or, you know, just buy a bigger water bottle. So my clients set damn reminders for themselves and their phone if you're really bad at water intake. I know for me, I have this really great habit now at around 3pm, I always have a, a seltzer water, <laughs> um, just to kind of switch it up. But that habit has actually really helped me increase my hydration because you can get hydrated just as well from seltzer. I think the good old natural H2O is amazing. And you should prioritize that. But you can also find other ways to get in that hydration and even having fruit. I mean, why do you think we give fruit to, you know, the little athletes, the little kids that are playing sports? Like it's part of that is for the hydration as well. On my Instagram story, I've been posting every day. I've been making a new spa water. It just makes it so much more fun. Today, I made one that has um, cantaloupe, oranges, mango, cucumber, and lemon. And it just, it, it's fun. It tastes good. It looks like pretty, like I'll put it in a glass, like, jar on my counter and it just reminds me because it's out and it tastes a little bit better so even if you have to do something like that that just makes water more fun because there are people that their excuses like I don't like water it's boring like I'd rather have a diet coke or something so just like okay there are so many excuses but there are so many ways where you can make water more fun like you said having a seltzer maybe putting a lime in it doing like a lemon water doing a fruit water having an herbal tea like there are so many ways to be hydrated and even with the soda thing, because this actually came up recently with a client, soda, the more you have it, the more you're going to want it. It literally alters the taste preferences on our tongue when we're having such sweet items like that, especially in liquid form. So not that I recommend going cold turkey with fun foods for many people, but soda is one of those things where, you know, if we can go cold turkey with it and really try to switch to seltzer water and wean ourselves off of um, these carbonated beverages, um, it's really, I mean, that's one of the most... I think impactful things you could do for your health and body weight and something I'm actually very strongly opinionated on. Um, I think all foods can fit, fun foods can fit, but so does one of those things. I'm like, if you can just ditch it, please do. Like you're going to, you're going to thank me later. I promise. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's just so fake and artificial. And like, there are so many seltzer waters out there. Like I love these um, ones called Spindrift. I don't know if you've had those. Love them. So good. Yeah. Bubbly. Yeah. Um, San Pellegrino is really popular. Um, at Costco, I buy the, the Pellegrino ones and they have so many good flavors. And side note, if you are a little bit of a fun drinker on happy hour on Fridays, Massachusetts, where I'm moving to, does not have happy hour. But I know Florida definitely has that going on when coronavirus isn't around. Um, you can even use like seltzer mixed with your like vodka or alcoholic beverage and lower the calories a ton compared to doing like your typical mixer with like soda. Um, and is a lot better for you. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think most people enjoy a drink every now and again. For sure. And whether you're going out to dinner, on a date night, going to a party, enjoying a holiday, whatever it is, you know, I wouldn't encourage people to drink a ton every day. But there are those times where you want to relax, have a drink. What do you recommend besides, you know, maybe some seltzer with vodka? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, a vodka soda lime is like the easy thing that people think about. I think really, in terms of like lower calorie alcohols, gin, tequila and vodka tend to be some of the lowest calorie per like fluid ounce. Um, so those are ones that I often recommend. I mean, things like White Claws, I know they're a little bit more processed, but they're really great, um, especially for us young folk, um, where they're only like 100 calories, you can even get them at bars now. Um, I think that's a really good option too to still get that flavor in It's sort of like seltzer fun seltzer, but with alcohol in it. And honestly, a good old glass of wine, um, a red or white wine. I mean, when you think about wine, why I really love it, not just because of, you know, one one glass of wine um, is typically about like 120 calories or so. But what's great about wine is like, yes, you process it to create it, but it's, it doesn't have all of these additives, like some of these more processed, fruity, sugary drinks. And it's just like a natural type of alcohol, in my opinion. So I really love wine. And you can even argue wine's a little bit healthy with the polyphenols and all the all the fun stuff within it. But yeah, I think wine and, you know, trying to make lower calorie drinks with like vodka, gin or tequila, like you can do a low calorie margarita. I'm sure you've posted that on your page before with, you know, lime juice and a little bit of seltzer and, you know, you can make it fun. For sure. And I actually just on a side note, I just went to Whole Foods 
and they had this whole section with like organic like sulfate free wines that were like very fresh and like I don't know they were just so many to choose from so even if you want like a cleaner wine option quote unquote like just look in the store they have so many options these days but yeah I actually had like a little red wine last night which like I'm not a huge drinker I never really like loved drinking I like the taste but just like too much alcohol doesn't make me feel good um but I just had like a little red wine and it was so yummy yeah (laughs) um I also just wanted to add that like just making that choice of alcohol even if you're at a restaurant like choosing something like a glass of red wine instead of a sugary frozen drink because it's easy to get sucked into those things that sound fun even if they might sound healthy like a blueberry margarita like you're like oh it's fruit but it's like they're using like simple syrups they're using uh like just fake sugar it's it's just junky it's going to be more calories more sugar so so i agree with you just go with something like wine or like a, a seltzer with with vodka and, yeah. and do it that way or even a skinny margarita i forgot how did i forget that that's one of my favorite drinks um and they you can even ask them to hold the syrups and everything um i just try to keep it really basic with alcohol um and i like to say you know if you do like a fun drink i love like strawberry mojitos like that's like a fun summer drink that i think you know i rather splurge on that have one strawberry mojito and then the rest of the night when i'm with my girlfriends or you know doing something else i'm gonna stick to like a more basic drink like a vodka soda with like two limes on it so that's where you're trying to make compromises along the way but also give you flexibility and fun to like go for the drink if you want it but i think it's a balance it also depends on how often you drink if you're a big drinker you're gonna want to go for the low calorie options more often But if you are not a big drinker, it's more of like a fun occasion when you're out to eat or, you know, just as like a special treat for whatever's going on in your life. That's when I think you have a little bit more flexibility to just, you can go a little bit bigger and go home than feeling like you always have to have these lower calorie drinks. Definitely. So what are your thoughts on beer while we're still talking about alcohol? Yeah. So, I mean, you'll notice on my page, I don't talk about beer a lot because I personally don't like beer. Um, Beer is one of those things that my clients, just with my experience with my clients, a lot of them will have multiple beers and it can really just add a lot of calories and carbs. I think just like with the skinnier drinks, um, going for lower calorie beers is a good idea. The really, really dark beers um, and like the IPAs can pack a lot of calories in them. So I think limiting yourself to one or two of them a few times a week, um, if you are a beer drinker and um, trying to balance it in your meals um, and in your total calories. But I think we do have to be very careful with beers and breweries nowadays, um, because some of those beers could be like even 300, 400 calories, to be quite honest, like they can pack a lot in a very small portion. Yeah, I just think that's really important to note, because you know, they're bubbly, they're fun, you know, you might just not know how many calories that can punch in. To kind of wrap this up, I want to quickly talk about restaurants and things you can do in a restaurant to stay healthy because sometimes you don't really know the calories when you're eating at a restaurant. So what are your main tips for going out to eat? So when it comes to restaurant eating, I personally don't believe it is beneficial for our mental health or staying on track to be like, you know, I don't know how much oil was in the broccoli that they sauteed for me. Like this is make or breaking my weight loss goals. No, we don't go out to eat 24 seven all day, every day, especially if you are leading a healthy lifestyle. So using restaurants as a fun meal, trying to stay on track. If you do really want to have it a fun meal, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But for the most part, the two most important things you control is what the hell is on your plate and that balance and also how much you eat. Those are the two things you actually want to be focusing on when you're trying to lose weight, eating out and balancing your social life. I mean, really, really, really stressing about the the calories and the content in foods that you didn't make yourself and you don't know that absolute amount. So what I recommend is, you know, having your calories, knowing how much you're kind of allotting for the meal, going for the lower calorie menu items. If the calorie content is on there, the skinny menu or the lower calorie versions are always great. Don't just go for the salads because they're a salad. Think about, you know, your plate and what you need on it, especially as a vegan. How are you getting your protein in there? If you're not getting your protein, how are you getting fiber or fat in there to stay full as well? And really focusing on, you know, how to have as the carbs, proteins and veggies like we talked about before. 
And I think going into those meals, starving yourself is one of the things I never recommend for my clients, but especially with going out to eat, um, you want to stay fueled beforehand. And if you know, maybe it will be hard to get protein as a vegan in a restaurant. How can you prioritize protein earlier in the day and maybe go a little bit lower carb and be mindful about your portions? Then at that meal, you save up more calories for the carbs and the veggies that you know are primarily in a lot of these restaurants, because sometimes they don't have tempeh and, and tofu and these some of the restaurants aren't accommodating. So that's when you just try to do the best that you can. But at the end of the day, don't stress about it. Do the best you can. Enjoy the meal. Move on. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, I think that at the end, that's a really important message is that you don't beat yourself up. If your meal wasn't perfect in your eyes, if it wasn't totally trackable, if it wasn't completely in your control, because it's so easy to then fall off track and be like, oh, like I, I messed up my whole diet. I'm I'm done now. I'm not like that's so easy to do to like fall into that trap of being like, oh, I, I fucked it up or whatever. But it's so much easier to be like, you know what? Like I had fun. I had a great time going out to eat. I did what I could. Tomorrow's a new day and I'm still on track. I'm still doing well and I'm just going to focus on my goals. Yeah, exactly. And food, I think, is I say to this to my clients, food is not just this vehicle to lose weight. Food is fun. Food is social. Food is culture. So I want you to go out and have fun with your girlfriends when this coronavirus ends and go out to dinner. Like that is living your best life. And I mean, really grounding yourself and realizing one meal doesn't determine if you gain or lose weight. It's your habits over time and your weekly calories. So yeah, maybe you went over at this meal, but what was your weekly calorie average? Did you go over your calories every single day? That matters more than being perfect at one meal. Totally. This was amazing. I, I could ask you so many more questions, um, but I have a few questions that I ask every single guest just as like a fun kind of thing to get to know you a little bit more. We're going to have to have you on the podcast again because I feel like you're just a wealth of knowledge. You have so much information to share. Um, and even like me as a health coach, like I love hearing from you and talking to you about these things. Um, so yeah, we're going to have to have you on again. But um, okay, are you ready for these fun questions? Yes. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Number one, what would your last meal on earth be? Oh God, that's hard. So hard. So I'm... <laughs> I, I'm tempted to say pizza because I love fun foods, but honestly, a really freaking good Mediterranean Greek salad with falafel and tzatziki and all of that whole thing, I'm obsessed with. I love it. So probably the, Ooh, probably the Mediterranean salad. Yeah. That sounds really good. It's funny. Like half of the people want to go out eating like the junkiest thing ever and half and actually some of the, some of the people I've already interviewed, like they want to go out healthy. Yeah. That's well, I'm thinking, I feel better when I have that kind of stuff. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I love having like splitting a whole pizza with my fiance, like chilling, watching the office. Like that is my favorite thing in the world to do. But I also love healthy food as well. For sure. And maybe like a piece of pizza with your Greek salad. With the Mediterranean <laughs> salad. Oh God, that is like my, that would be my perfect day actually. Well, it's your last meal. You can have anything you want. <laughs> okay. Number two, what's one thing you can't live without in your morning routine? Coffee, for sure. When I wake up, I relax a little bit, think about my day. And then me, whether it's I, I have an espresso. So I, I like making like the vanilla and espresso little cups are my favorite. But honestly, like when I go down the street and um, in St. Pete, where we live, there's a lot of coffee shops. And wherever I move to, I always find the good coffee shops. Um, I love getting cold brew and doing like an ice cold brew. It is literally my favorite thing to start my morning with. And I get so productive. I think I think coffee is probably it for a lot of people. They can't yeah. can't go without their morning coffee. Yeah. So number three, what is something quirky about you that people would be surprised to find out? Ooh, quirky about me. Honestly, probably I brush my hair a lot. Well, especially right now, my hair is a hot mess because I haven't gone to the salon because of coronavirus. But I'm also just very. Oh, actually, no, I have a better one. So I brush my hair a lot, but why I'm even thinking about that, I hate wind and anything. And so anytime like wind touches my hair, like messes it up, I get so annoyed and I hate wind. I don't know why. That's so funny. <laughs> like, like a breeze, like you hate a breeze. <laughs> like I hate putting the window down in the car. Like I hate it. My fiance loves it. He's like, I want it to be like open and fresh air. And I love fresh air. I love being outside. But like when it's really windy and my hair is down, I get so annoyed. I don't know why. 
but it's very annoying. No, I, I know what you mean. It gets naughty. You get like if you're wearing lips, lip gloss or something, your hair gets in your lip gloss and you're like spitting it out of your mouth. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like wind. I yeah, I just don't like it on my bare skin. I don't know why. That's fair. Okay. Number four, if you had to pick one form of exercise to do for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? Oh, that is a hard question. So right now I'm doing a lot of cardio, but honestly, I feel I'm like my best when I weight lift and I'm like really missing the gym right now, to be honest. So I'm making do with like whatever exercise I have, but I, I mean, with the current circumstances, I would say weightlifting and just having access to weights and being able to lift heavy. It just really does my body well. Agree. And last but not least, what is your favorite grocery store? People would probably think I say Trader Joe's, but I love Whole Foods. And I'm so sad Whole Foods is not closer to me in St. Pete. It's in Tampa, which is just a little bit further away. But I have always loved Whole Foods. I grew up shopping there. Um, I just love everything that they stand for, the quality of their products. And when you go into like a clean, big Whole Foods, like you just get this, like you're even smiling as I say this, like there's just this vibe you get in there. It's clean. It's pretty. It's just like everything I love. Oh, I love and just like, have you ever like gone to a new Whole Foods and you're like so excited because you've never been there before? It's like the best thing ever finding a new Whole Foods because they're all like kind of different. They all have a different hot bar, too. I love like looking at what the hot bar has. The hot bar, the aisles. I mean, I am in love with Whole Foods. I think they have a registered dietitian and obviously I'm doing my whole thing online now and I love what I do and I wouldn't give it up. But for so long, I was like, my career goals would be like, be the dietitian at Whole Foods and, you know, do some sort of nutrition thing for them because I'm just obsessed with everything that they do. And they're so like high quality too. Like just makes you feel good in there. It does. It's like a therapy session going to Whole Foods. Literally. Yeah, I agree. And we both, I mean, you have Publix, right? Yeah. Um, no, Publix makes me really sad. Yeah. So I, I like Publix. It's the produce section makes me sad just because it's not like Whole Foods. It depends on the Publix. Like there's some really nice Publixes. There's some that like aren't my favorite. It gets the job done, but it's not like my favorite place where I like want to stay in there a while. Like Whole Foods like wraps me in there and I'm like, I want to stay. I don't want to leave. Trader Joe's is that way for me too, but it's just a totally different aesthetic than, than Whole Foods, honestly. For sure. So I have one more thing I like to do. This is called foodie edition would you rather so you're picking like one or the other this or that like you see on instagram stories picking your favorite thing so this is just like rapid fire i have 10 of them for you are you ready yes okay peanut butter or almond butter peanut butter pasta or pizza pizza cookies or brownies cookies spinach or kale spinach pancakes or waffles pancakes smoothie or juice smoothie hot fudge or caramel hot fudge lemon or lime oh that's hard come on lemon so I'll do hard lemon. Or, or no lime i like lime better it depends like it depends if you're having like a margarita you want lime yeah. if you're like i don't know they just have different purposes yeah hummus or guacamole probably guac pesto or marinara sauce unpopular opinion but pesto no i i love pesto Pesto's i love pesto <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you. Pesto so great. Well, that was it. That was Would You Rather Foodie Edition. <laughs> That's just like something fun I like to do, being that like everyone I interview is like involved with food somehow. I love um, it. But this was amazing, Lauren. Thank you so much for being on the Healthy Girl podcast. And I'm excited to have you back. Yes, thank you so much. This was amazing. And I'm so excited. And where can everyone find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram at sorority.nutritionist. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.